0: I think knowing the numbers and, and just really diving in and making sure that, you know, okay, what's my lowest acquisition cost or my easiest to get a lead, right? All the way through what's my best close rate. I mean, you need to have those broken down because if you sell multiple products, your sales reps don't sell each product the exact same way. They just don't. You have some that might sell roofing better, some sell signing better. And then really, what can your crew produce? And so you got to look at all of those things and make the decision. Numbers don't lie. Is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast brought to you by G4 Marketing? Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Cascavalsian.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Cascavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and I have a very interesting Conversation for all of you today. With me is Randy Hahn from Contract Exteriors. Welcome, Randy. Thank you for having me. Well, before we get into Randy, let me do a quick pitch for the Seven Secrets book. If you do not have a copy, what are you waiting for? (laughs) Grab a copy. It's free. I buy the book, I just ask you to pay the delivery fee the way to get it is just go to wealthycontractor.com and you will see a button there that says get the book and you can get the book there. Again, I buy the book, you pay for shipping. And I do that because the information that's there is valuable. It comes from not just my experience, but my experience with cool people, like our guests today, like Randy. There are certain things that they all have in common. And uh, so that's what the Seven Secrets book is all about. So with that, with the pitch out of the way there, Randy, welcome, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, definitely, uh, I'm glad to be here as well. Cool, so Randy is in uh, Myrtle Beach, got a really cool business. So we're gonna talk about something interesting here today we're going to start with Randy's background. And one of the things that we talk about here with people is revenue for vanity, profit for sanity. And sometimes you got to get rid of some bad business to allow good business in. Let's just leave that as the, as the setup, Randy. So Give everybody like the two minute version of your story, and then we'll kind of jump into what we mean by getting rid of bad business.
0: Sure. So, you know, unlike most that I've met, I actually went to school for construction and actually have a degree in construction management and worked for National Builders right out of college. And, you know, when the downturn started happening in 2008, I saw an opportunity to just start a business because I just saw a void. But coming from that new construction world, I went to the new construction world and we really started our business really doing work for builders and grew the business over time kept on growing it and and we grew to a very large business in the carolinas i think at that point we had six offices but there was a moment that i had when i realized that that was not the future for us so we've always done siding and decking and roofing and we we were always doing remodeling but it was our small part of our business and really, about three well, almost now four years ago, i had that moment. It was it was uh, actually three years ago. It was 2018, and I just had that moment where that was not where we needed to be. And remodeling is just what we needed to focus on. And scared a lot of people when I said that's it. We're going to cut you know 75 of our business and focus just on remodeling. And you know, it was it was a it, for me, it was the clearest decision. As as you could ever imagine, for most, it was like, why would you step away from all of that, that volume, all of that revenue? And, you know, fast forward two years later, we had our best year ever on our books. And if it ever questioned whether or not the decision was right, the numbers don't lie. So...
1: So do you mind sharing what those numbers were? Cause yeah, they were substantial, but do you mind sharing what yeah, they were? You don't have to, but yeah, no. So
0: when we at our highest point, we were about $35 million. And this year we're going to do about six and a half million this year. So that's a large drop off. You know, yep. sure. this is this is officially our first year not doing any new construction whatsoever. So
1: yeah, good for you. So what's interesting is so you are, in this number you don't have to share, but you are making a whole lot more money, a whole lot more on six and a half yes. than you ever did on thirty thirty five. 35, Correct. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big, big time. So let's talk about that a little bit. Because sure. this is where we, this is something we we haven't really talked about it too much on the podcast but it is private conversations that i have with people just had the conversation by the way was it last it was either last week or the week before small company got into siding and siding is an interesting business it's a larger ticket takes a little bit longer lots of moving parts you could lose your your rear end on on siding And especially in the environment that we're in today. And that happened for them. They had six jobs on the books. It was a nice chunk of business. They lost money on every single one of them. Yeah. And so we had a conversation about, well, what is your most profitable line of business? And they happened to say roofing. And I said, well, how long does it take you to get material? Two weeks. Like, okay, and so stop advertising siding and go start knocking doors to get roofing business. So that was just that was just recently. But this is a, a common conversation. So aside from the obvious, what kind of led to that decision? Because I know how long were you you were in growth mode for what, about seven years, six, yeah. seven
0: years? Yeah, probably good good seven years. You know, we had a, a hurricane here previous to really that it happened, and, and it we didn't have the effect of a hurricane. We had flooding, and it shut pretty much a lot of our business down in, in our Myrtle Beach division and Wilmington division at that time to where we didn't work for six to eight weeks because wow. the roads were, everything was just flooded, you know, and, and it came to that winter time, and I was I was actually working on a house December 23rd. And I was by myself; no employees were with me. And I'm like, at that point, we had ninety some employees. And I'm like, hold on, this this just doesn't make sense. And it started that thought process of we need to we need to make some changes, right? And so I'm doing all of this for the builder's pocketbook, not our pocketbook. And you know, we started looking at everything, and you know, we, builder work really takes a lot of your attention. Not to, they're just needy. They just they just want you there. And so the problem was, is that that held us back in remodeling because we were always so focused on the builders because it was such a big part of our business. And when we stopped doing that builder work, we've really been able to focus now on our, you know, on our business. And it's really starting to take shape now,
1: for sure. At that time, were you also doing residential? Yes. Mm -hmm. About what percentage of your business was it? We were probably
0: 95, 90% residential. It was just residential builders and then just...
1: Remodeling. No, I mean, I'm sorry, residential retail, not builders.
0: Uh, retail was probably about 20, 25%. 20,
1: 25%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So essentially what happened... So you pulled an 80-20. Mm-hmm. You said, okay, so 80% of my profit or maybe more was coming from just 20% of my customers. Mm-hmm. And so the question then becomes, well, why do I need the other the other customer you built up a really nice size business i mean you had six offices you had 90 employees and you kind of walked away you went down to did you go down to one location or no, no two,
0: two, have, look, we have two locations yeah, and Beach.
1: yeah that's tough you know because we're so ingrained with that revenue 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 30 35 million i mean you're that's like one of the biggest companies in the country
0: It it was tough. It was tough knowing that we were going to lose some really good people. And I think we've lost, we've lost over that time, probably some people that just really liked new construction that didn't want to do what we want, what, what I wanted to do as the business. And, you know, but they're still successful and still keep in touch with them. They just, they didn't like dealing with homeowners. They liked the consistency of what new construction brought on their side of the world.
1: Yeah. So I always talk about decision, you know, decisions are instant, you know, you make the decision. And once you make that decision, as long as you're committed, man, you go. So when you were on December 23rd, that's crazy. You're actually outworking working. you have 90 employees and you're out working all by yourself, you made the decision. So what do you have to do next?
0: So, you know, the next one is I sort of came back and started talking to our main, our senior team at that point. A lot of them were sort of shell-shocked, like, what, what, what why, you know? I think some of them it was because they knew that that meant they weren't going to be around much longer, you know, and we, we got a lot of buy-in from our key employees and really it was just, I think the biggest shockwave was the manufacturer world and the supplier world were like, oh my goodness, what's going on with this, with this company. And the great part is we have had great relationships with our, with our partners over time. And the ones that we had the good, really, truly understood what we were doing and you know, they're still with us today. So that's the great
1: part. So did you just stop bidding on those jobs?
0: Yeah. So just stop bidding and, or told the builder that we won't start another job as of this date. Right. So, okay. and there was, that was a business decision because some builders then held money. They didn't pay us money. So that, cause they said, well, you won't come back and out of your warranty. So we're just going to hold your last month, all of this check. So, you know, that became a little bit of a hurdle we had to overcome that we didn't see you in that thought process, but we overcame it.
1: So that first year, 2019, what was cash flow like? Were you okay with with cash flow or did that Uh, put a strain?
0: It was it was it was was, to go from I think that year we went from thirty five million down to like around 18 million dollars. So to drop off that much. Yeah, it was it was tough put a lot of strains on employees on, on on business on relationships but i've had a lot of good people that i've been able to reach out to in the industry guys like Brian and John from Outback Deck i think they they've been huge one that doesn't know it but i waited for this here is Charlie Gandel i don't talk to Charlie outside of seeing him at a conference but i got his number and reached out to him probably when i was at my worst point in the, in that cash flow crunch and he i knew he went through the same thing yeah. And he, and he talked me out of a bad
1: situation. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business To learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does it all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. Yeah, that's amazing. Charlie's an amazing guy. Yeah. He's going to, by the time, by the way, by the time this is released, Charlie will be retired. Oh, wow. Can you believe that?
0: No, I can't.
1: Yeah. But he's it's kind he's of, earned
0: it. he's earned it.
1: He has, he has earned it. Yeah. He's helped a lot of people and he's going to continue. Uh, he's going to continue to help. So you made some phone calls, you talked to some people, which is, you know, that's what you do. A lot of people think, well, I got to figure everything out on my own. Yeah. You didn't do that.
0: No, not at all. And, you know, <laughs> uh, not at all. I think, uh, you know, there's, I, I could keep on naming them off, you know, like Scott Siegel has helped out tremendously, yeah. you know, John Martindale, just but Brian and I think Brian and John for me were were my biggest two every 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 ounce business coach mental coach you yeah. know they didn't know it they were just just who they are
1: you know yeah. they helped out a lot that's yeah. awesome so when we talk about getting rid of business and in your case it just happened to be commercial work and you and I both know somebody that's kind of in the same pickle that you were in, not at the same volume level. But when there's something that's dragging you down, for you, it was very obvious because it was such a big chunk of your business. But I'm sure that you've had conversations with other people. And how do you recognize the signs of, you know, like siding? Maybe siding is not the right thing for your business, mm-hmm. how do you recognize some of the signs?
0: So I think the first thing is you've got to know your numbers and, and have them broken down to so many different ways. So when I say that, it's just not, you got to have your, what your acquisition cost is for your lead cost to all the way through what your, your profit per day is on each product category. Cause you might think, man, I love roofing is my most profitable one, but if you don't really know what your profit per day is, and don't have it broken down on all those different levels, then you might be spending your time on the one, on the thing that really isn't moving the needle. You might think it does, but it really, it really isn't, you know? And so I think knowing the numbers and, and just really diving in and making sure that, you know, okay, what's my lowest acquisition cost or my easiest to get a lead right all the way through what's my best close rate. I mean, you need to have those broken down because if you sell multiple products, your sales reps don't sell each product the exact same way. They just don't. You have some that might sell roofing better, some sell signing better. And then really what can your crew produce? And so you got to look at all of those things and make the decision. Numbers don't lie. You can distort numbers, but they don't lie. Right. You know, so if you just take them for what they are, and I think that's where, that's really what I looked at when I, when I made the decision is the numbers just, it was it was as clear as clear can be. And we've done this as oh, now that we've shifted away, you know, we when we used to do more of additions and stuff like that. And this year we stopped. We just like it makes no sense whatsoever. It takes yeah. way too long. You can't keep a customer engaged right now, like because we're not set up for it. So we just said that's it, we're done. You know, and yeah, we've gotten better because of it. So
1: so it's interesting. You just brought up something that again, this is a conversation that I've had a number of times this year. You just brought up profit per day. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Because a lot of people don't look at that number. And I'm, I'm actually really excited that you brought that up sure. because it's an important thing to consider when running these types of businesses. So can you talk a little bit about profit per day?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I just finished our budget. Well, I worked on it all, all fall, but when I was putting it together, I actually, we actually know our average duration for each product line our estimated duration. And so what I do is I take that out and I take that and divide that out by, all right, this, if I know I'm going to do 80 jobs and I know that my revenue is going to be this and my bottom line is this on that. Okay, now I'm going to divide that out by the total amount of days, average days. And I'm going to get how many how many dollars, profit dollars I'm going to get per day. The great part about that is when I went through this is roofing wasn't a big part of our business going into next year. But this is where numbers don't lie. It's our number one profit per day. And all of a sudden I was like, all right, I guess I'm shifting what we're going to do. And we really need to make a push at windows and doors because it is where we can be the most successful and make the biggest impact on the business.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned their additions. Mm-hmm. Jobs that take anything more than what? Three, four, maybe five days at the most. Anything more than that tends to, your profit per day seems to go off go off a cliff do you find the same the same we're, thing we're
0: luckily we're pretty good with our siding our our average siding takes about two weeks to complete and okay and it's actually number two for us
1: okay well you figured it out
0: yeah yeah we've done hard for long enough that, that we've got it di- sort of dialed in yeah you know it starts with selling at the right price so we have to be at the right margin to get that profit per day to be where it is yeah but i think that's that's sort of what what's helped us you know so if but if in mean, doing it this year, what I learned is if their profit per day is below a certain line, we almost need to not even, like there should be no spend. Out. If, we get a, if we get a lead, okay, that's great, but it's not going to be our focus whatsoever.
1: Yeah. You know? So just real quick, Randy, because I think for the listener, this is interesting to think about with their business. So we talk a lot here about, and privately, when people talk about the GC business, the design build business, there are a few people out there that know how to make that business work. Oh, yeah. You and I, you and I know somebody, Tom Capizzi, who's amazing at it. But it's a tough, tough business to make work. Mm-hmm. Siding can fall into that. So you say two weeks. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, they'll lose money on a two-week job, but they just don't know it. And so, just as a real quick, let's just do a real quick, simple calculation. And we'll use gross margin. Let's not use net. We'll use gross margin. So if we've got a gross margin on siding of, say, 40%, which is not good, but let's just say it's 40%. And the average job, there, let's say it's a $30,000 job. So 40% gross margin gives you $12,000. So if that job now takes you, let's say it takes... 10 days, Mm -hmm. you know, so now you divide your 12,000 into 10 and that gives you $1,200 in gross margin per day on that job. Did I do the math right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. All right. So that's, so now that's one thing to measure. So now you look at like roofing and we say, okay, roofing averages 10,000 job, but let's say it's at a 50% gross margin, right? Right. So now we're at $5,000 and that job takes two days. So you take the 5,000 divided by two and you get 2,500. So now you've got $2,500 profit per day versus $1,200 profit per day. Now you can make both of them work net wise, but I think it's critically important for people to understand what those numbers are. I did this exercise with somebody that's got a two month average job cycle and the profit profit, got down to like a couple hundred bucks a day. Yeah. And I'm, we're looking at this and I'm saying to them, and you're wondering why you're not making money. You know, you're so go into something that is quicker, that's quicker turn. We don't want to talk too many people out of being in the design build business because we need them yeah. <laughs> desperately. But that is a really important thing to consider there. You know, I'm a mindset guy. So how long do you think? Well, let me see. How do I ask you this? How did your ego deal with going from 30 million to 18 to six and a half?
0: I think because of when you changed the cash flow and all of the strain and stress, the ego went out the door pretty darn quick. Yeah. Because you were dealing with, I was dealing with other stuff. Right. You know, I look at companies now and and they're like, oh, I'm a $10 million. And I'm like, my first, before my act, my reaction would have been like, all right, I got to get there. Now. My first reaction is okay. But really what's your bottom line? Yeah. You know, like, that's great to say that you're $10 million, but if you're at, if you're at 1%, that's okay. Like that's not what I want. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting, you know, because the ego is what gets in the way of making that, that switch. And I think what happens is you got to look at, I was having a conversation with my 92 year old father last night. They're here visiting and he knows what we went through, you know, broke at 40 and moved to Miami and started all over again. And so I like to make him feel like, Hey, we're good now. You know, we kind of, we figured a couple things out. We're good now. So we were talking about net. You know, making money, and I told them, you know, this year it looks like we're making, we're going to make this amount. And he like looks at me and goes, "That's net," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's net." I we don't, I'm beyond the point of what's the top line. I'm really more focused on the bottom line. And he's like, "Oh wow, oh that's really good." And <laughs> you know, and so we had a little conversation around that as much as I could with a 92 year old. But yeah, I'm the same way. It's like. You know, I talk to people a lot and they tell oh, I do 10 million, I do nine million. Although I, I don't get it as much as I used to because some people listen to the podcast and they know my next question is gonna be like yours. Well, how much money did you make? <laughs> did you make any money? But yeah, you get over you get over the volume part pretty damn quick once you start to see money going into the bank. Yeah, you gotta be more excited about the money going into your personal bank account than the money that goes into the business account. Right.
0: Yeah. No, I think it, it, it's, it's great when you're at a conference to say you're, you're this, this number. Right. Yeah. And I find, especially when you're younger, right. As you're older, it's just like, you know, okay. That's, and trying to stay away from number talks so, unless I know the person, because I just, yeah. I don't know, we're not on the same page and that's okay. You know, yeah. And I think life changes you, you know, when you're in your thirties, you want to go conquer the world. When you're in your forties, no, you just want to, you want to have the best life you possibly can. And, yeah. you know, there's a, and there's some 30 year olds, don't get me wrong. It's not just that date, but I think when I was in the thirties, it was like, no, I'm going to take on the world. You know, now it's just like, no, I'm really happy with a seven to $10 million business. As long as the bottom line's here. And that's really all I care about. You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully by having this conversation, you and I can help some of those people that are stuck in that volume, 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 and the profit will show up somewhere at some point to, it's okay to be small, but let's just be really profitable. This, by the way, the, those of you that are watching on video, I asked Randy when we first logged in about the office that he's sitting in, and you said you guys built this building? Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. When did you do that? So
0: we did this in, uh, let's see, 2016. Oh, okay, 2016, okay,
1: cool. So you kept this one? Yes. And you kept another one, and then the other four?
0: Yeah, there were those releases, so this is the only one we built, and it's, it's been great, that's for sure.
1: Great. Well, this has been really good. I don't wanna pollute this with any more stuff because, at the end of the day i'm 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 so impressed by what you did cuz a lot of people can't do that and it says a lot about you and you know being able to kind of put the ego aside and and really got focused on well what's going to be best for my life what's going to be best for my family for my future and i wish you nothing but continued success and thank you for coming on and and, and sharing. I think this is an important message. I mean, when you think back, when do you think you should have done it? <laughs> like when you look back on it, do you think you should have done it sooner? Or what's the one thing that, you know, looking back now, what would you have done different?
0: The biggest thing. So when I started, it wasn't about growth. It was about being the best we can be in each market. And then at some point growth took over. And I lost track of the, the thought of Before we grow, we have to be the best at what we are. I wish I would have stayed true to that belief because we wouldn't have gone to some of the cities we would have gone to at that point. And we would have turned down more of what we took on at that point. I think that's probably the biggest one is if you're going to grow, to you need to really own your market before you go on to that next market. And we didn't didn't do that, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, really good. But, But I think
0: that's because the builder work was when builders realize that you're willing to open up a new location, they dangle a carrot in front of you. That's pretty enticing. And you're like, well, geez, that's, it's $5 million right there business. Okay. Yeah. We can get started on that. And the other part is when we opened up locations, we should have bought businesses back then instead of just green, starting a greenfield operation. Cause you just lose way too much. You can't develop a culture quick enough, you know?
1: Yeah. Interesting. So you, should have acquired a company rather than just starting from scratch. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yep, that's cool. All right, Randy, well, thank you. I appreciate you doing this. We're actually doing this just a couple of days before Christmas. You guys will hear it probably in February, but again, I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for being here. And to everybody listening, I can't stress enough how important this the the idea of revenue for vanity, profit for sanity, really stay focused on your profitability. Revenue is great. It's great to be able to tell people that, oh, I got a $10 million business, but you know what? It's a whole lot better to tell people, yeah, I'm debt-free. I've got some assets. I'm a multimillionaire from my business and blah, blah, blah. That's a much better way approach than just doing a whole bunch of volume and Hoping that some profit shakes out at the end.
0: Totally agree. I appreciate you having me. That's for sure. Thanks.
1: All right, everybody. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The 7 Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian here.